Hello and welcome back to the Two Kinky Women podcast, where we dish about everything kink. I am your co-host, Midnight Lady, and my partner in crime is Mistress Gabrielle. Hi. Um, Thanks for uh, listening. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. We've been doing pretty well, getting a lot of people following us lately, and that's uh, that's wonderful. We're very, very excited about it. We really are. We have a lot of great things coming your way, not just this podcast, but many more to come, and some new features on our website, um, which is just fabulous. You can find us on our homepage of our website and check out some of our new features like um, Midnight Lady's Diary and Mistress Gabrielle's Diary. Oh, yeah. So you can find us at twokinkywomenpodcast.com. Read the diary. Download the free infographic for this month. Every month we've got one that's specific as to our topic, right? So uh, we're two kinky women. We want you to be kinky, too. So let's get started our topic. This month's a great topic. It really is something that a lot of people want to know more about and what are the differences, and that is DS, Dominant Submission, and MS, Master Slave, the Total Power Exchange, T-P-E, the Total Power Exchange. That's our topic, and boy, it's a big one. Yes, very, very, uh, it can be confusing. It can be a little challenging to understand the mindset because uh, basically this is what we're talking about this is a mindset this is not a play on saturday night once a month kind of a thing this is a full-time mindset uh that you identify in this way very specifically in this way so let's uh, i'm going to leave to you to just to, to describe the concept of power exchange and and the concept of master-slave relationships versus DS. Like, what are the specifics? Right. So I'll say a TPE, a total power exchange, uh, is made up of people who feel they need to be in a relationship. uh, And if they're a slave, in which that relationship, they are essentially a willing, full-time Slave, whereby they get together with a master or a mistress. Some sign contracts, some get tattooed, some get branded, and that's what they've got. They've got a voluntary agreement, okay, which defines their relationship, defines the relationship between the two of them. And this voluntary agreement can be actually written down, and then it becomes a contract. So the power exchange is recognized by the two individuals, a master and a slave, and further, uh, further, um, I guess you could say, uh, defined by all the different things that could be in a contract. Things, for example, menial labor as the slave, punishment, degradation, service, obedience, collars, did I say sex? And sex. So there are a lot of different kinds of things that we can include in a total power exchange that we also include in DS. Mm-hmm. But essentially, DS is defined 
between the two people and it can be changeable. It can be extraordinarily changeable, which is not to say that you can't have a contract in a DS relationship. Uh, you sure you can, no question about it. But the total power exchange, again, as you just said, Midnight Lady, is not um, an activity, it is a mindset. And if you go into it with the idea, this is an activity, ooh, it sounds sexy, it sounds hot to be a slave. Uh-uh, that's not where you want to be. By the way, uh, we say uh, slave because of the, uh, when we say slave, because of the uh, uh, association of the term uh, with ownership rights. And that's what it is. It's ownership rights of a master to the slave's body. And then that slave becomes, and that slave's body becomes property or a chattel. All right. Uh, some people do not feel familiar, uh, comfortable using the word slave. Um, they don't, because of its historical context, want to use that word. So instead, they say they are engaged in the TPE, the total power exchange. Other people are not, uh, do not find that objectionable. So that's a, a very, very personal thing. And again, this is a consensual adult relationship. Both people are involved in it consensually. My dominant and I are actually under contract. I am under contract. And uh, he gave me something like 40 things that I need to do to earn my color, to prove that this, this is what I want. This isn't uh, willy-nilly give you, you know, a collar every weekend kind of a thing. This is something that I've been working on for a couple of years now, thanks COVID. Uh, we had to put it on the shelf because nothing was happening during COVID. But, uh, and some of those items, some of those uh, tasks are plan a weekend, plan a kink, give back to the community, uh, provide service at a party. Um, and then there are also multiple sexual acts, um, sexting once a week, um, certain sex act like uh, anal sex or playing with certain toys. One of mine was I had to play with each toy in my collection three times. So how am I supposed to remember which toys I've played with? Um, so I actually made a chart, and I would check off yeah. the toys that we used, and I actually fulfilled it. And every new toy that we get gets added to the list. So now it's, it's not like a once, it's like, you're done, you're done. No, it's like, I have to continually earn my collar, even after I've gotten it. I have to continue to earn it. Um, that is something that I've wanted. I want that symbol of commitment. It's very similar to a vanilla marriage. You have made a commitment with this person. Um, and you can in, enter into with that person in this, a consensual non-consent relationship. Now that's very like huge dichotomy. Wait a minute. I thought consent was king. I thought consent was everything. Well, you are consenting, but you're consenting to allow this person to make decisions for you. So that is very sexy, consensual non-consent. So you don't, you can't say, 
I don't want to play with that toy. I don't like that toy. Because you have consented to give up that right. Um, and that's, again, next level kink, you know, varsity level kink there. Uh, the consensual non-consent relationship. Um, it's very exciting. can be very exciting. Please only do that if you know your partner exceedingly well. And not just for a couple of months. It's not a fantasy. Like years. It's not a. It's not a fantasy. Uh, it's it's uh, it's it's having essentially no limits. Uh, of course, all of this is uh, usually understood by both through negotiation. There yes. still is room for negotiation at the beginning, no question. And uh, a master slave contract can be renegotiated as well. There is a certain level of an utmost level of trust. When you make a consensual non-consent agreement with your dominant, with your master, there is a, an unspoken trust there that you know that he is never going to harm you. He is never going to make you do something, even though you've given your consent away. He's never going to make you do something that he knows will harm you. So my dominant will never humiliate me. He will never uh, let anyone else humiliate me. He knows that, that that's just a hard limit for me. So even though I've, I've given him consensual non-consent, he'll never do that. Because I trust that he will not harm me. That would do me great harm. Because as a full-time uh, live-in consensual slave, and we're going to define some of these terms in a little bit, but uh, as a full-time living consensual uh, slave, essentially, uh, you exist for his pleasure. And in turn, you, let's put it this way, you expect to be treated like a prized possession. Because you are. Mm -hmm. Because that's what you are in terms of obedience, in terms of love, in terms of trust, all of those things. You become a prized possession. Because you are essentially property of the master, and any master who teaches prop who treats his property like garbage is not a master, and will probably lose that partner before too long. Right, absolutely. It's an interesting concept. It really is. And again, I'm going to emphasize it because it's just so incredibly important that when we go into something called the TPE, our total uh, power exchange. This is not an activity. This is not something we only do at events, three-day weekend events. This is a mindset. You either got it or you don't. Now, you can play at it. Not saying that you can't. You can play at it. You can play at it as long as it's agreeable to your partner. You can play at it. Absolutely. You can be a weekend slave. You can be we're, a slave once a month. Whatever we're, we're you want not to do. We're not downing it. Right. We're not saying that you're not real slaves. Right. We're just saying, we're trying to define the esoteric difference between your weekend warrior and someone who lives it as, as much as they can possibly live it 24-7. Now, you know, you have to think, is that even possible? Is the 24-7 slave-master relationship even possible in in this world in this society i don't think it is 
Because unless you live in a cave, you have no children, no parents, no family, no friends, no job. It's impossible to be master slave 24-7. You're, you're not going to bring your master to your kids' PTA meetings. Unless it's the, your husband. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. If it's your, your husband can go, but you can't go to, again, can't go to the PTA meeting wearing a collar and a leash. You can't go to the parent-teacher conference in a collar and a leash because they did not consent to that scene. Um, so can't, you know, you might feel it in and embody it in your brain, but it does not have an outward appearance, certainly not in public and certainly not where your child is involved. You know. Did we mention contracts? Here's a good thing for a contract. Okay. When our children are involved in whatever particular activity they're involved in, we will not appear as a master-slave right. couple. We will appear as what we are, which is parents. And that's the way it goes. And you can write into your contract. So let's say your kid goes to school, picks the bus up at 8, and comes home at 3. Let's say, from 8 to 3. Well, from 8 to 3... You will not wear underwear in my presence. You can be dressed, but you cannot wear underwear in my presence. From 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. or 3 p.m. to 10 p.m., you're not, uh, that's children. Right. Your children it's are your the family focus. time. It's family time. Right. You are welcome to either wear underwear or not wear underwear. So there's still a great degree of negotiation that goes yes. on, uh, particularly when you're putting all this kind of stuff into a contract. I mean, the 24-7 idea, uh, some people say they live it even though there are children and there's work and there's family obligations and there's school and all this kind of stuff. They still live it. But that is, um, I guess you could say, the kind of to total power exchange that is not in your face, not in somebody else's face. Mm -hmm. it, you know somebody very well. You can have very subtle signals and yes. uh, ways of operating where it's very Cold obvious. Words. To, that's right. It's very obvious to the two of you what's going on, but not to anybody you don't else. Want, you don't want to say, you don't want to call your master, master in front of the kids. But you can say... Yes, love. Yes, my love. Can I get something for you to drink, my love? So instead of saying, can I get you something to drink, master, you say, can I get you something to drink, my love? Mm -hmm. And this is, this is, uh, these are ways that you can make something like this work Subtle. within an environment that is not uh, yes. specific to uh, uh, master-slave dynamic or a dungeon for that yes. matter. Most of the stuff that goes on in a master-slave relationship is not dungeon-oriented anyway. Now, right. isn't that interesting? Because what we're doing in terms of a master-slave relationship is giving over our power. Yes. We're giving over our power. A very strong, powerful woman Absolutely. Uh, who has a very important job, is very well-educated, uh, does phenomenal in taking care of the home, also uh, does a lot of work for her parents and this and that and everything else, is a slave. Okay? This is not dungeon material. This is how you live your life. 
Mm -hmm. Okay, you have decided, or the both of you have decided, you need to be in a relationship where essentially you are owned by another person. There is another interesting concept where you can... Um, so you play in the dungeon, yeah. and you go to events, and you have scenes, right. and you like spanking and caning or what different kinds of rope or whatever. Um, that is such a small part of the MS dynamic. The larger part is the making sure he always has his coffee in the morning, making sure he always has uh, clean socks and underwear, making sure that you pack his lunch every day. Making, you know, service, performing a service. Do I get my rocks off of, of doing his laundry every week? Does that make me horny to do his laundry? No, it doesn't make me horny to do his laundry. What it does is it gives me a sense of pride and fulfillment that I am, am helping him to be his best. And because love and trust yes. is a big part of a master-slave relationship, you do this because you want to make your master look good. If he looks good, I look good. Absolutely. And if the master treats his slave or her slave well, that's going to be very obvious. Yes. Because that slave's not going anywhere. I love... Right there. So when we go to events, I my superpower, my skill, is planning. We go to a three-day event... I have everything under control. I have extra medications. I have anything that he might want. I have. And he doesn't even have to ask for it. He could just say, boy, I've got the worst headache. I have Aleve, I have Motrin, and I have Tylenol, which... And then you bring a little bottle of water. They make those little tiny bottles of water. What would you prefer? Oh, well, I have a backache. Okay, well, Motrin is better for, ma you know, uh, Excedrin's better for migraines. I excel. Uh, you know what? I'm feeling a little hungry. I have snacks, sir. What would there you, you prefer? There you go, right. And you just, it, it's right there. You whip it out. And you're anticipating the needs of your master. Absolutely. Which is really critical. And at a certain point, what ends up happening is that you become an alpha slave, an indispensable, indispensable, alpha slave. right? And I'm as dominant as they come, right? I will tell you to your face, right, that I have a problem, right? I'm also a very valued submissive. I'm not right. quite a slave yet. I haven't earned that title right. yet, but, right? But it's coming. It's coming. And I use a very good example: a couple friends of ours that we know very, very well, and she is the least, truly. The least slave-like person I ever met in my life. I don't think I would have ever, if I had did not know her within the uh, you know the the confines of the scene, as it were. I would never in a million years say to myself or anybody else from there that you say that's a good slave. No way, no how. This woman is tough business, and she's in charge of everything. Why is she in charge of everything? So that he doesn't have to be. Uh -huh. And he can concentrate on what is important, which is making his very, very fine living and his crazy commute and the fact that he also uh, takes care of other people and the family relationship. So she gives him 
all of the freedom he needs to do to attend the things that to him are important. Right. Whereas she can take care of everything else. She handles all the money. Most of the time, that's a dominance job. Okay. She handles uh, all of the scheduling, all of this, all of that. Yeah. What a scheduler she is. Just phenomenal. And this allows him to lead the life that he wants to lead by taking care of all the other things that actually really makes their life work. Yes. Okay? So if he doesn't have to worry about getting a car over to get an oil change, or he doesn't have to worry about what am I doing tomorrow for lunch, if he doesn't have to worry about scheduling the kids' appointments here or there, whatever it happens to be, even sports, it doesn't matter, then he can concentrate, which is truly of the essence right now, which is preparing uh, the future of his family, you know, making a damn good living. This is critically important. That's an alpha slave. And that's not something you can do once in a while. No. On the weekends when you feel like it. That is a full-time live-in consensual slave. Is what we're defining terms right now, but that's what that essentially is. Because without uh, just a few, okay, within no more than a few uh, broad limits... Uh, that slave regards uh, herself or himself as uh, existing uh, purely for the uh, master's uh, pleasure. And pleasure, of course, is a big word, and that does not just mean about sex, but everything as well. Um, it means sex. It could mean menial labor. Yes. It gives me a sense of pride when we're at the event and he says, hmm. I'm kind of hungry to be able to whip out three things that I know he likes uh, and a soda. And that's so, that is so lovely. There is so much pride. Beautiful. That, and that has nothing to do with sex. That has nothing to do with playing. Right. Has nothing to do with uh, a, a scene, doing a scene. That to me right there is just, you know, or he'll say to me, Okay, what's on the schedule for this afternoon? Okay, so we have right. this at this time, we have this at this time. We still have yet to make a decision on Class A or Class B at this time. What is your pleasure, sir? And that, to me, means even more. Because I have served him well. Right. And he takes pride in it. There is no question about oh, it. Yes. He takes tremendous pride. Yes. In, in this. And I've house. actually had him tell me he, it's a little tough for him to, to, to compliment me sometimes. But this particular time he did. Uh, I do all these things when we go to an event. I super plan everything out to the last detail, and it's wonderful. Well, he went to an event with a couple of gay friends of his. And he went to an event, and he goes, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. Uh, I, I didn't have any of my stuff. I didn't have snacks. I didn't have my meds. I didn't this. I didn't that. He goes, I never really appreciated everything that you've done for to make an event. Until well, it was without you. Until, until yeah. it wasn't there. And he goes, I've never... He goes, I don't think I've ever thanked you quite enough for all the unseen things that you do that make these events awesome, that make these events just so much fun and glide. You glide through the weekend. And that's why a master uh, regards his slave 
as a prized possession. Yes. No question about it. So it was very nice oh, to receive absolutely. that feedback from him. Because uh, he was just completely just flabbergasted about what a difference in the event when I facilitate the event for him rather than him going by himself. Yeah, that, this is a very, very good example of what it means. A very, very good example. Um, again, this is, this is a representation of the fact that this is a mindset. That's where your mind's at. Your mind yes. is to make life easier for him through whatever service or whatever, you know, whichever kind of descriptor that you want to, uh, that you want to put on it. Being a full-time live-in consensual slave with those very, very few uh, limits uh, and requirements uh, also means something else. Um, some people say, well, it's, it's very similar to a submissive vanilla wife. And uh, because I do not recognize the, uh, the reality of a submissive vanilla wife in anything I've ever done, I will say, however, that in the S&M world, there really isn't a traditional vanilla housewife. But instead, the position of the uh, slave in the total power exchange is, to, is fully consensual, fully consensual. And if that slave is male, you better believe that it is fully consensual because you are acting essentially against the norm. Mm -hmm. For a woman, being a submissive housewife, well, there are some religious organizations who consider that uh, a sure path to heaven. Others say, like me, forget about it. So in any event, um, uh, you've got to have this to be fully consensual and within our world, our seen world of total power exchange, the full-time slave arrangement, also perhaps known as a contract, is entered into with an explicit awareness, explicit awareness of the mm. magnitude of what it is you are giving up to become another person's property. Mm-hmm. Okay, whereas in a traditional, quote-unquote, well, I hate this concept, but it's there, the traditional housewife, you don't have full consensuality. Yeah. And the other person, generally a male, okay, is, I, I, I would say, essentially um, not really aware of the magnitude of what the woman is giving up because it's expected, it's kind of like entered into from the time you first become engaged. This is how we're going to operate. We don't do that in a master-slave relationship. We negotiate it. We get to where it is we want it to be. We may put it down in a contract. We may wear a collar. We may participate in a collaring ceremony. But all of it is recognized by both parties mm -hmm. as to the price that is paid to do that. Because there are not going to be... Uh, uh, you know, fun and games every single day. This is not, oh, we only get together when we want to have hot sex. Yeah. This is a different relationship. This is a power exchange. I am turning it over to you. You can do with it what you want. My power. You now have it. I'm a very strong woman. I do all these things, but you have my power. Essentially, I am allowing you to make my decisions and to do what you feel is best for me because of trust. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So this is not something we enter into willy-nilly, as it were, okay? I mean, you can go to an event on a weekend and call yourself a master slave. Sure, why not? Okay, you can call yourself whatever you want. But the reality is different. Again, I'm going to emphasize it again. Somebody told me this maybe about 25 years ago, and I've always believed this is the case. It's a mindset, mm-hmm. not yep. an activity. We had spoken about um, providing services mm-hmm. <clears throat> for the dominant. Right. What I find very interesting is that that really rocks people to their core, and they just can't conceive of this this dynamic. Uh, my dominant loves pegging. He loves a good oh, pegging. Oh, I know what you are. Loves a bit. Loves a good pegging. Can I, can, uh, can I tell you what you are? What am I? You're a service top. Yes, I am. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> well, what is this? People don't understand the tell me, what concept is it? of a service top. Uh, he likes pegging. Pegging is traditionally a very submissive act. Yeah. But he enjoys that act. So he commands me to perform this act on him. In doing so, I become his top momentarily for that activity so that is what we call a service top because i am performing a service that he has asked me to perform i didn't come up to him and say you know what i would love to fuck you in the ass with a big dildo he said to me i love that can you do that i'm asking you to do that and we've of course negotiated it it's Wonderful! I would love to perform that service for you. That just freaks people's mind out. So if we did a scene, we've been dominant and submissive the entire day, and we did a scene in the dungeon, public space in the dungeon. We did a pegging scene. And people are staring at me, completely flabbergasted and dumbfounded, and afterwards, some of these people actually came up to me and said, I thought you were the slave. I thought you were the submissive. I said, I am. He goes, but you were fucking him. I said, that's because he likes it. And I do what my surgeon asks me to do. Or you arrange it for him. Have something along those lines. There you go. You arrange it, whatever the case may be. Yes. You do what you can to make his life happy, pleasurable. Pleasurable, happy. happy. He loves that. Why wouldn't I want to give him that? If he liked feet, I can't stand feet. Ugh, feet are like, ugh. Um, Another hard limit from uh, ML. Uh, feet, uh, feet. I don't even like my own feet, I let gotcha. alone somebody else's feet. So, I will not touch his feet. That the the and he knows not to ask anymore. But what I will do is find someone who will touch his feet for him, and then provide you know give him that that service, give him that. Uh, I won't do it, but I'll find somebody who will. <laughs> because a consensual slave regards herself as existing slowly for her master's pleasure. And providing, finding someone, if I can't do it myself, finding someone who can facilitate that. 
because his pleasure and his well-being and what is paramount to you. And again, we'll say it again, the other side of that is treating you as the prized possession. Yes, because okay. then he will go to an event by himself and be completely lost. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very interesting. Um, you can't enter something along these lines. You can't get yourself involved in a total power exchange and you, unless you really believe that this is where you need to be. And unless you enter the concept of the total power exchange very, very carefully... Um, as I've been told uh, when I was taking a good look at the uh, nine levels of submission, um, essentially, uh, you have to be aware of the possibilities of danger, possible dangers. You have to be much more clear and much more specific in terms of agreements that usually precedes if, say, for example, a man and a woman or a woman and a woman or a man and man were to be married. Okay, there's much more to it. And my suggestion, and in fact, I have said this to friends of mine who um, have become uh, married, a married couple while engaging in their TPE, um, discuss all this at the outset. If this is what you want, do it. Please don't hide it. And just expect because she's submissive or she's a wife that she's going to do these things. There'll be resentment. There'll be a lot of stuff that goes on that is not pleasurable. Make it clear at the outset, this is what you want. Mm -hmm. And then find out at the outset, what is it that she wants? Okay? What is it she want in terms of recognition and running the total power exchange? Does she want to write a blog about being a uh, female slave? That sounds wonderful. Will you do you have objections to that? Because her personhood is very important. Okay, her personhood does yes. not disappear, or his personhood does not disappear when we engage in a total power exchange. If anything, that personhood is more celebrated than it was before. Yeah. Because this is your deep desire. Remember, it's your mindset, it's not your activity. So this is your deep desire to be of value, to be of service. You are service-oriented submissive. You become a service-oriented slave. This is what gives you pleasure, doing things for others. This is actually one of the items on my contract list, is providing service back to the community. And that is, and so he has been very supportive of the podcast. And... He is very happy that we're involved in doing this and, and we're teaching and we're giving all this, the graphics and all the information. So that is very important to me is to give back to the community. Uh, and it fulfills one of my contract uh, obligations, shall we say. Right, right. Now, when you have these, this contract and, the, and your obligations... And you can make these, what we say, rules. Uh, specifically, let's say, you will write uh, two paragraphs every single day on what it means to you to be a slave. Okay, so I'm going to act like I'm the slave. Oh, sir, I can't stand writing stuff like this. I'm really not good at it. And I, my fear is you're going to read it and think I'm dumb. And I, you know, I'm not. And, but if you read this, you might not think 
well of me and I'm I'm really I don't know, it's just not something I want. Can we do something else? Uh, absolutely. Okay, how about check in send me a text at noon every day with your dinner the plan for dinner. What are you cooking for dinner? What are you making for dinner? Oh, that's so much easier. that's so much better, sir. But what see that there is a, a situation that exists though and here is where the the problem comes when you are in that lifestyle and that is your mindset you need to ask for permission to have that conversation to say i am struggling with this task you can't just come out and say i'm not doing it because that is not part of your relationship that's not obedience. That's not a, right. That's not obedience. However, in your contract, you may know when slave needs to discuss something of importance with master, we can call it porch time. And this was a concept that I had heard many years ago, porch time. Porch time means you go to a specific area in your house, the porch, the deck, the backyard. It's a specific DSMS free zone. Ah. Where when you enter, you say, Sir, I really need to, to have a conversation with you. Can we have some porch time? Can we have some deck time? Can we have some patio time? Some pre designated in the contract gotcha. that says, When we enter this zone, we become girlfriend and boyfriend, husband and wife, mom and dad not master and slave where for that moment while you're that in that space you can then say i don't want to do the writing makes me feel stupid and he cannot get mad at you and he cannot uh make you do it because in that space you are equals you are in a relationship that is very interesting i don't think i've ever heard this concept before but i can see where it would be extremely important because a lot of times you're going to have to renegotiate certain things that you have things change times change events can cause change and uh you know all of a sudden you may be working from home oh my god there's a pandemic and you're working from home now And all of a sudden, this magnificent master-slave relationship, which was essentially predicated on the fact that he's out of the house for 10 hours a day, is no longer the case. Right. So So we have to renegotiate certain things, And you need a place where you can speak freely Mm -hmm. and not be reprimanded or chastised or Mm -hmm. um, you're allowed to have an opinion Mm -hmm. that that is different from your dominant. Mm -hmm. and just like any other kind of DS, yeah. what's not different with, with DS and MS, right, is negotiation. Right. Always, 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 and communication. Here is, it, it, this is a personal belief of mine, which I, I believe you also uh, adhere to, the difference between punishment and punishment. Aha. Well, frankly, I am, even with a slave, I am not into punishment. Neither am I. Uh, at least not corporal punishment, let's put it that way. And I don't generally like to torture people. I'm a terrible sadist, right? I don't like to torture people. Shameful. But in any <laughs> event, what I do like to do is to use the kind of um, uh, reactions or abilities that I have 
to um, uh, allow my slave to feel that he or she uh, has disappointed me. And if they have disappointed me and they are truly a slave, again, where the mindset is the mindset, not the activity, they are going to be upset about it. Yes. A slave will be upset when the master is disappointed in them. Yes. And generally speaking, that's all I really have to do. Express my disappointment in that something did not happen uh, that should have happened or something he should have done, didn't do, something he shouldn't have done and did, etc. Okay? Yeah. This is a big issue. So uh, that is my concept of punishment. It's not going to be corporal punishment. I'm not going to beat the shit out of somebody. Generally speaking, a good masochist likes that anyway. And if they've just... <laughs> Deserve punishment? Why would you do something that turns them on? Well, that's another story. But in any event, uh, that's 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 the way it is. That kind of punishment. Well, here here is another interesting relationship dynamic. The punishment we love punishment. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, if you let that butt plug fall out, yeah, I'm gonna spank you so hard. Absolutely. Or you that's forget to or, me. Yeah. Punishment. I love, I love punishment. Now, where the slave goes out and deliberately breaks a rule? Well, I'll tell you here. If my slave deliberately leaves the toilet seat up, there's going to be a problem. There is really going to be a problem. See, well, my But if my slave says, ooh, I know I'm going to get under her skin today. I'm going to leave the toilet seat up, and then I'm going to come out, and then I'm going to say, uh, master, um... I'm sorry, but I think uh, I think the, uh, the 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 sink. I can't get the water to go down to the sink. Then I walk in and I say, "The toilet seat is down." Well, you know, up rather. You know what I'm going to do, right? It's time for punishment. Well, see that? See, well, here is my because that's a brat. Yes, here is my conundrum, though. You have a certain rule: text uh, no masturbating without permission. Hmm. And what do they do? They masturbate without permission. How do you know that, though? Wow. Because if they're a good slave, they tell you. Maybe you catch them. Or or some... They're deliberately crossing that line. Deliberately doing that. So, to me, that signals that there is is a a problem in the relationship. If they're deliberately breaking a rule, why? See, as as a... submissive and a possible future slave myself I don't deliberately break rules Uh, that to me I strive to be 110% compliant I strive to be as good as I can humanly be I make mistakes of course we all make mistakes I forget things too but for the most part I take pride and I strive to provide everything he needs every day. And that makes you a very good slave, but you also have a sense of humor. And the thing is, if the time is right, and you should know this because you have a relationship with this person, and the time is right for a little bit of fun, you can act like a brat. But you better watch your step and not do it often because there's no room for that. If they are consistently breaking rules, it's not working. Something is out of That's whack. Right. Something, right. and so then you would need to call your own porch time. That's right. As the dominant, you right. can say, I would like to discuss something with you. Let's go have some porch time. Let's- now, 
talking about that is the dominant determining, all right, it's a little time to have, uh, you know, a porch conversation. Uh, what if you want to release a slave? When do you release a slave? Can you release a slave? I mean, what is it that you do? I mean, you're just going to say, give me back your collar and that's that. This could be extraordinarily you, dramatic. You have to have that. You have, you have to. You have, you have to have a conversation first. See, this is the thing. You can't just break up with somebody and just like, that's it, I'm done, get out. You have to at least address what the issue is with them. Give them a chance to remedy the, the situation. Give them a chance to fix it. I find it unfair to blanketly just write somebody off. And you never ghost somebody. No. Never. If you that to me is That's high school behavior. Cowardice. Yeah. Because it's high you don't behavior. have the words and you don't have right. the the cojones to stand up and, and say something. Right. And be kind. Right. Always kind. Um you have you ha- but again you have to be authentic and, and if it's not working like we said in the last episode, if it's not working, it's okay that it's not working. Why is it not working? Sometimes they don't want to look at why it's not working. Um, why is it not working? Is it something we could change? Something to renegotiate? Um, something maybe that could be renegotiated. Something that could be different. Or if you renegotiate or... But then they still don't follow through with the thing that was making you want to end the relationship. See, that it still comes down to even vanilla relationships. If someone is doing something that is intolerable for you, I don't want to use it because I can't quite think of a better example, but uh, an alcoholic, mm-hmm. let's say, an alcoholic. Um, and they're drinking is negatively impacting the relationship and you say look you can you cut back on the drinking it's it's negatively affecting the relationship and this that and here it is this is how it's negatively affecting and what it's doing to me if they are unable to do that if they're unable to remedy it or resolve it in a way that is satisfactory for both then, yes, the relationship has to end because you're not being your authentic self. But if you negotiate up front, if you set this stuff out for your consensual adult master-slave relationship, it is very unlikely that it'll come as a surprise. We want to try to avoid the surprises. And one of the ways you can avoid the surprises is determining when you first get to know somebody, even if this is going to be a, a marriage or a long-term relationship, when we go in, we hope that that's what it will be. Um, When you do this, you have to define for yourself what your ideal relationship is. What does it look like? What does it look like? Does my ideal master-slave relationship include a third party? That might be important. If that is on your I won't consider it list, you better make that clear. If it's Uh on your hmm, maybe list, make that clear too. All of these things, just like any other kind of relationship in this world, even when you're negotiating for a job, lay it out and see where it's going to fit in. It may or it may not. My ideal 
master-slave relationship includes uh, having my uh, children who are grown uh, over our house at least once a month, and I don't want to be wearing uh, any indicators that I am a slave mm -hmm. when they are in my house. Yes. If that's not acceptable to you, master... Then we need to... We need to do something, and I don't know what it is. Let's talk about it. Right. Okay? So these kinds of things are critically important because your ideal TPE has got to include the things that are going to make you as a happy person. And now, it's got to include what makes him a or her a happy person, too. There are actual organizations specifically designed for master and, and slave relationships. There certainly is. And it's called MAST, which right. is Masters and Slaves Together. Uh, they have yearly conventions and monthly meetings. Uh, the biggest difference, though, that makes me... Uh, I would not fit into this group of people because there's no play. <laughs> they don't. That's right. They don't do the play That's at right. their yearly convention right. uh, or their essentially um, again it's all mindset. Right. Essentially, again, what we what we're talking here now is a relationship dynamic. Okay, we're not talking about hitting somebody or uh, you know which which crop is the crop to use, which flogger is the flogger to use. We're talking about relationship dynamics, and essentially in a total power exchange relationship, that's what it is: relationship dynamics, yep. communication, negotiation, uh, and how you get through things that could essentially. Um, end the relationship. And when you go to a mast convention, they hold them every, I believe it's Labor Day weekend. Uh, I was lucky enough to attend several. Uh, I was not totally surprised that uh, everything was all about relationships and nothing essentially was about demos or play along those lines uh, because I knew what to expect. Uh, but there were always opportunities to go to play parties at night, and that's generally what people did. Either they had, you know, very small get-togethers in hotel rooms, or they went to a local club or dungeon. Like if you were in the uh, Washington, D.C. area, everybody at night went over to the Crucible. So the thing is, it was just not part of the dynamic, because essentially it's about relationships. Building them, sustaining them, making uh -huh. them as good as they can be. And finding yourself, you know, finding your authentic self within the dynamics of a master-slave uh, relationship, TPE. And uh, it's not easy. It really isn't easy. Um, and it takes a lot of self-reflection and a lot of discussion and a lot of hearing, what is it that other people do? Oh. And that's one of the reasons why MAST is so successful. There are a lot of MAST chapters in the, uh, in the Northeast, and we're here in the Northeast, so we can talk about what it is that we know. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, Delaware, um, all over the place. Okay, They don't like to have too many... Um, groups of uh, master-slave um, um, people within the same, um, you know, geographical area uh -huh. because you compete with each other. So you're going to find them a little separated or whatever. But I know that just within the New York metro area, there are probably five of them. And they're all really good. And uh, I suggest that if anybody is into the idea of the total power exchange and master-slave as opposed to DS, take a look at the MAST website, uh -huh. M-A-S-T. 
T. Take a look at the MAST website and see what they have to say. And uh, you can find out a tremendous amount about, uh, about MAST on their website and by going to a meeting. And uh, people are great. They really are. And um, uh, everybody's welcome. It's a wonderful, a wonderful organization. And if you find out that this is the thing for you, then you get more involved in it if you wish. Nobody says you have to. You certainly don't have to be a member of Mass to, uh, you know, get into a TPE. So in, in closing, we would like to just uh, draw your attention to a few key concepts. Communication, communication, communication. Uh, developing the relationship, being very clear about what you both want from the relationship. I'll give you an example of that. Don't wait till you're in the relationship yes. to let your uh, partner, slave, master, know that you're a switch. Right. It, can a master be a switch? A master can be whatever a master wants to be. Okay. <laughs> So you guys sit down and determine this when you're first getting involved. Right. You know, what is it that's going to float your boat? What is it that's going to float her boat? Whatever it happens to be, let's talk about it. And how much of that can we incorporate within our, you know, yes. within our and lifestyle? We, we both agree that contracts are uh, essential. Because really what a contract is, it's not a legal document, but a contract spells out the expectations for both the top and the bottom, the master and the slave. Uh, so, which is good information to have up front. There's nothing says you can't renegotiate later when things change or you want to add or subtract some things. It's fine. Uh, it is a mindset, which is what we're talking about. It is not just an activity that you do on the weekends. We're, and we're not saying that you can't have that and and not be a real slave or any kind of ridiculous you can be a play slave yes and and that's fine it's wonderful we were just discussing a a mindset that some people in the scene identify most strongly with um and if you're interested in, in those mass meetings certainly check those out uh and don't be Afraid to be a service top for your master. If he needs you to do something for him that he enjoys, do it. Because it gives him pleasure. And so then that is the prime directive. Make your master look good and provide for him his pleasure. Oh, without a doubt. It's very, very important um, uh, to recognize that this is another step uh, totally from what we know as kinky sex or DS <clears throat> or part-time, uh, you know, non-submissive masochists or kinky centralists or submissive, pseudo-submissive slave, non-slave, uh, true submissive. This is beyond that, guys. Yes. This is a true commitment. This is almost like getting married or whatever. Um, and it needs to be taken seriously yeah. otherwise you're just a player and people and find okay. out 
people find out and they'll say, well, we don't, you know, this is not for us, but maybe it's for somebody else. It's okay to be an outright non-submissive masochist. There's no (laughs) question about it, but just make sure the person that you're with understands where you're coming from. Yes. Who you authentically are. So how can they, how can they reach out to us? How can our listeners reach out to us with questions? How can they reach? Oh my goodness, there's so many different ways. No, seriously. Questions, comments, as we said before, you want to email us at tkw at twokinkywomen.com. Sign up for the email newsletter while you're there. Get your free downloadable beginner's guide to kink while you're there. And guess what? We have an infographic every month pertaining to our particular subject. You can find us on our homepage at twokinkywomenpodcast.com. Again, remember what I said before, we got a diary coming up. We already have some of it. Um, uh, Midnight Lady's got her diary going. Uh, Mistress Gabrielle is getting her go, uh, getting hers going. Oh boy, that's going to be fun. Without a doubt, I'm enjoying that. That's available every month. Yes. Okay, it's always out there. Um, so we're really appreciative of your listening. You got subject to talk about. You got an idea. You got a concept. You got a question. You got uh, compliments. We'll take them. Yes, and we're on Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter. Twitter. And uh, our new thing on Fridays is we take your questions and we answer them on Instagram. We felt that was a little bit quicker of a response than um, answering the questions on the podcast because podcast all that comes out once a month so we wanted to be able to respond to your questions in a much faster way so we do that on instagram check out the instagram today because we had a good question that we just answered yes you want to go see what that is so anyway as we were saying thank you for being you you. thank you for listening we are two kinky women and we want you to be kinky to be kinky too. too you bet take care everybody see you next month